Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Monkey Tennis listeners. It's producer Jet here. Don't worry, this message isn't about Brexit either. Needless to say, the boys don't know I'm talking to you right now, and if I'm caught, my one word an episode will be dramatically cut, and we don't want to lose the producer Jed fans. Both of them will be heartbroken. First on the agenda today is some plugs. If you like monkey tennis, you will definitely tolerate what to watch on Netflix. It's clinically chubbed up and riding high as the current number one podcast on iTunes. It's got famous people in it and also the host of Monkey Tennis and Nick. There's also a new series of Smegheads out, which is the Red Dwarf version of Monkey Tennis with less beer and more estrogen. Not to drink, I'm not drinking estrogen. Not on the podcast anyway. Thanks for nothing, Brewdog. I can mix beer and lilt too, guys. You're nothing special. There's also the pilot podcast, which aims to find the greatest pilot episode of all time through the medium of who can shout the loudest. Spoilers, it's probably lost. Lastly, we are doing Monkey Tennis Live at the Prince Charles Cinema in London's Leicester Square on November the 22nd. We've been upgraded to the big room and tickets are selling fast. So if you want to celebrate Thanksgiving, Gazpacho Soup Day or Christmas come early, then buy tickets at postpoppodcast.com slash monkeytennislive. Don't forget to watch Knowing Me, Knowing You'll before you turn up. Otherwise, you'll spend the whole evening looking down at the discarded ticket stubs for the room and sing along a grease. And nobody wants that. Simon Greenall's there too. Enjoy the show. Monkey tennis? Smelly Allen Fartridge. Linton Travel Tavern seemed an obvious choice. Monkey tennis? At the BBC of all places. Be real. 
Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. Monkey tennis? I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey tennis? It will be called Alan's Show. I decided and would be absolutely ace. Monkey tennis? But needless to say, I had the last laugh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Incredibly, the rights to swallow are still available for purchase. Nick Older, you can come and stay anytime you like. And Tom Stab, mouse and noth. <laughs> so, sorry, uh, that was so sorry. random. That was kind of so on your face then. <laughs> uh, basically, what happened there is I was going to have I had exactly the same quote as Nick and was massively thrown <laughs> and panicked, <laughs> suddenly worried. That, that's the fun of that game, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so could happen. We're rattling our way through I Partridge. We need to talk about Alan, Alan's autobiography, uh, and we're on to uh, chapter twenty-two, which Tom Stab is firmly at the helm of. Hello there. Yes, as Adam says, chapter twenty-two, homelessness. Nick, can you talk us through the musical choices for this section, uh, well, please? I, ca- I can, but essentially, it's anything by. Keen. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's the second time that has happened. Brilliant. Oh, really? He's got anything by Keen in there twice. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, right. Okay. Just Big. for clarity, anything's not a song by Keen, is it? He no, no, literally no, it is not. Yep. Anything, anything by Keen. Um, yeah. So uh, as. Uh, Adam said this chapter chapter 22 is called homelessness although there is a slight discrepancy that we alluded to into alluded to in the last episode about the title I think we might have found I Partridge's first genuine typo because sorry uh, HarperCollins in, in the book chapter 22 is homelessness and I think perhaps if you were doing a spell check it's obviously already going to come up as an incorrect word because of mm. lessnessness mm, yeah. and so you wouldn't necessarily notice you slipped an extra s in there um, w- the audiobook obviously you can uh, you can hear Alan say the, the, the chapter title yeah, so yeah. we know this is uh, so let's, let, 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 to clarify the pronunciation let's just uh, throw to Alan now 22 homelessness ah you see There's there you go S. confirmation yep. that homelessness is the correct uh, pronunciation or the correct word sorry and in the book homelessness is in there so uh, yeah it's, it's a bit of an obvious gag isn't it this one the, the old sort of adding an extra ness I don't think Alan's that stupid is he I don't know. I quite like it. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I laughed my tits off when yeah, I first heard it. Happy yeah, to right. be overruled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Alan uh, finally leaves the travel tavern. <laughs> One thing that we don't really know in um, in the TV show I'm Alan Partridge uh, that is detailed in the book. He moves into a penthouse in Regent's Park, saying he doesn't care about the money. <laughs> that is <laughs> <Yeah>. what. <laughs> Where's that come from? Yeah, I know. That's kind of a little bit of a curveball. I don't remember originally when I listened to this. Because I listened to the audiobook before I read it, I don't remember that section. When I reread it no. and got to that bit, I was like, I really don't remember that bit. But um, no. yeah, that's not mentioned no. in I'm Alan Partridge at all, is it? I guess it's one of those things that every time there's a whiff of a BBC contract, he goes off and buys or rents some massive <laughs> yeah. place. Yeah. So it's a five-bedroom house. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. this point, he's coming off believing he's got another series off from Chris Feather, isn't he? So, uh, so he's probably just got overexcited and gone yeah. straight to Regent's Park. Mm. And I, I, I love what he says: um, Penthouse of Regent's Park. Not because I liked London or wanted to show them, <laughs> show them all, but simply because it was practical for me to be close to TV Centre. Mm. To clarify, for those that don't know London that well, it's nowhere near TV Centre. <laughs> <laughs> Feather has sadly passed. Um, uh, Chris's uh, replacement, Jessica Boyle, reneges on the contract, uh, and Alan just kind of leaves that. They have a conversation about it, and people say that he could have pursued uh, legal matters uh, on that contract, but he just kind of leaves and says he could have sat it out, but he had bigger fish to fry. Now, as we know, Alan is an unreliable narrator. Do we think that happened? No. No, <laughs> I think he tried every trick in the book to keep that contract C- can on Can we the table. Uh, just talk about how Alan describes Jessica Boyle? There are two absolutely brilliant <laughs> brilliant descriptions here. Um, she is described as a sigh in human form. <laughs> and he continues, 
Uh, Boyle is one of the new breed of BBC TV execs for whom television programmes seem to be a genuine inconvenience. <laughs> um, also, in talking about Alan as an unreliable narrator and did he actually fight to keep this contract on the table, bear in mind that in the same breath he describes uh, Susan at the Travel Tavern as saying that he she ached to have me inside of her. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think we now have serious I, I also did it. think reading that too far, too, too much far, information. Alan, yeah. Too far, Alan. Yeah. He could have, he could have probably got some kind of compensation or some kind of payout from this contract, couldn't he? Because it was actually signed, well, uh, yeah. by him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no one knows that it wasn't signed by him, do they? Well, I think that's the point. They don't believe that it's okay, this genuine enough. signature. Isn't There's it? enough yeah. ambiguity for yeah. them to weasel out of the deal. Although yeah. he had just uh, shut his hand in a door, <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, um, yeah. So Alan uh, kind of doesn't have this uh, this contract anymore. He doesn't have any money. He's broke, and he says that the uh, he says that the forty nine pounds a night at the Linton Travel Tavern is out of his budget. I've crunched those numbers to work out how much Alan had actually paid throughout his entire stay one of 183 days at the oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. so 183 days in total 49 pounds a night alan spent 8967 pounds on his duration at the oh, Linton travel tavern wow um it also hang on though it also says in this chapter that he was earning north of 200k per oh, annum yeah I mean, it's probably a lie. I think that's just yeah, that's a lie, a lie, isn't it? Very yeah. strange. I mean, that's also the na- the figure that was on the contract as well. So, oh, okay, there yeah. we go. Got anything else on Jessica Boyle? Uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed Alan explaining the reasoning why she didn't want to commission another show from him. He says uh, Boyle outlined exactly why she didn't want another chat show from me, but it was all viewing figures and audience appreciation ratings <laughs> and stats and figures. I, I could just imagine Alan going, yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> prove yeah, anything yeah. with facts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, she is kind of just worth mentioning that she is also accompanied by a strapping Irish lawyer called Kev Butterworth, who apparently was uh, beaten up by his wife when a sex game went wrong because he couldn't remember the safety word. (laughs) (laughs) Also, that sex game went wrong 12 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) He still bears the scars. Does Alan... I I can't remember from reading now. Why does Alan know that? Is that kind of like public knowledge across the BBC or something? Good good point, actually. (laughs) There's there's a footnote that goes into a lot more detail about it, which I'm happy to go through, but I think it's probably best left uh, (laughs) in the bedroom. It's it's mainly that she's been beating him consistently for 12 years because he can't remember remember the code word to make her stop <laughs> yeah right yeah. i wonder if he's tried uh, crayfish <laughs> <laughs> so alpha papa reference yes uh, obviously yes we've spoken about uh, the travel tavern now being out of alan's budget uh, so he returns to the lamberts as we all know that famous quote from trevor lambert you can come and stay anytime, anytime you, you like. like so alan takes full advantage of that yeah, because before he went to the Lamberts, he writes, with a seriously heavy heart, he was about to drive to the modest bungalow his assistant shared with her racist mother. <laughs> and obviously he realised he's got the Lamberts deal oh, on the it's table. so good. Sheila answers the door and he goes to kiss her by basically saying, hello, and kisses her on the cheek. She recoils. Yeah, they, <laughs> they basically have no idea who he is, do they? Yeah, uh, obviously, yeah. He, get, he gets back in there. Uh, he, he details that uh, Trevor's asthma is now really bad. Uh, in the book, it says that he has an oxygen mask over his nose and mouth but in the audiobook alan says mouse and noth another one of those occurrences of alan like pronouncing something ridiculously badly wrong and i don't understand why Nesquilk. Yeah, Nesquilk. Exactly. Mouse and Noth. Is that written normally in the book? Then? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. But in the audiobook, he says Mouse and Noth. I guess they've just they've just done stuff like that to just add a few kind of extra gags in vice versa, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, really? so audiobook quirks. Keep yep. us on our toes. Yep. Um, anybody got any details of uh, what Alan gets up to while he's staying at the Lamberts? Uh, no, other than massively outstaying his welcome. 
well, he needs to, he needs to manage a solid morning of show preparation yes. every day. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think my my favourite part was that he says I needed the kitchen to myself between nine and twelve. I had to insist on that. <laughs> so he ends up staying with him for three months and basically yep. totally takes over. Two yep. elderly people, one suffering with uh, severe <laughs> asthma. Yeah, <laughs> he's turned up unannounced. About well, I, I guess the timeline it makes this at least thirty years after they made the initial offer. Yeah. Of staying well, time yeah, he like. does say they'd not seen me since I was seventeen, and I'd not been in the house since I was seven. <laughs> 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 so yeah, Alan is adamant that he won't outstay his welcome, so he leaves after 14 weeks. <laughs> uh, but a brilliant that, final line to that chapter as well. Sorry, uh, Fran Lambert says, "Don't mention it." Fran Lambert seemed to say with the good side of her face, <laughs> "You can come and stay anytime you like." <laughs> and now we move on to chapter 23, Swallow. Nick, can you talk us through Alan's uh, mandatory playlist for this section of the book, please? Uh, I certainly can. It's Axel F. Um, it's a song, and the artist is Harold. Faltermeyer. Do is we know that, who that is? You, Never heard yeah, of that. that's as seen yeah. as seen and heard on Beverly Hills Cop. Let's just do this one. Great, great content. Um so Swallow opens, uh Alan describes that at the uh Oh, because he's Axel Foley. Right, so on the first page of Swallow. You're listening to the Beverly Hills Cop podcast. So the opening uh page of Alan's <laughs> pilot script for Norwich-based detective Swallow mm. reads, dedicated to the memory of Stacey Morgan 7. Uh, it then transpires that Stacey isn't dead and doesn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> but he wanted to set a poignant tone for the episode and or gain enough pity to sway the mind of a commissioner. Exactly. Yeah, or basically just throw in some emotional blackmail <laughs> yep. trying yep. to get his script made. But now Stacey's name has been removed and replaced with that of Pete Gabitas, uh, who Alan says uh, is now dead and is sorely missed. Um, Alan says that Pete is the closest Alan he's ever had to a manager or agent. Uh, he says he's never needed one in his career is tantamount <laughs> as a reason for that. Yeah. I would uh, beg to differ. I think Alan would have benefited from a manager. Exactly. And it says in the book that uh, Pete was the sufferer of a serious illness, the little known tall poppy syndrome. Has anyone looked up tall poppy syndrome? I hadn't no. heard of it and thought, oh, maybe it's something they made up. Uh, the illness, remember, serious illness that Pete Gavitas has, tall poppy syndrome, is a perceived tendency to discredit or disparage those who have achieved notable wealth or prominence in public life. <laughs> <laughs> so not an illness Brilliant. whatsoever. Anybody got anything else on Pete Gavitas? Uh, well, it's probably worth mentioning the sweet spot for his driving capability, yes. as highlighted by Alan, <laughs> which is six pints of lager and a half bottle of wine. <laughs> that absolute sweet spot. Yep. <laughs> that probably was like in the 80s, what people would probably yeah. consider to be the limit. I, I, yeah. I've got to stop now, guys. I am driving. <laughs> yeah. I've got to stop. I've gone blind. I can't see. <laughs> Alan says that obviously he knows Pete and that he is a better driver when he's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Just so much more confident. Yep. So then we get into Swallow. Shall I hit you with some Swallow facts? Oh, yeah. So Swallow is 50. He works in Norwich's CID. He drives a brand new five-door Audi A3 turbo diesel. He's bulimic. He carries a comb, two biros, a fisherman's friend, the mint, not people, and a faint smell of vomit, plus an evidence bag that he never uses for evidence, but keeps in case he has a big meal. <laughs> uh, he also wears press slacks, a black leather tie. Is a leather tie a thing? I've never heard I of mean, that. They do exist, okay. but it's mainly just like, yeah. 
yeah, fashion and victims. Jed, are you indicating yeah. that you've got one, or you're just a fan <laughs> of them? Uh, you do, you, do, you, do you use it as? Uh, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> he wears buffed up shoes, a brown leather jacket, and in his downtime, he solves dingbats and word searches. <laughs> <laughs> he has a weakness for ten thousand piece jigsaws, which, in case you didn't notice, is a metaphor for solving cases, as Alan did, says. Did notice? Yeah. Uh, he has no middle fingers on one hand, so is permanently doing the devil horns. <laughs> We're getting quite, <laughs> getting quite a picture of swallow here. He has a large collection of samurai swords. Uh, the largest collection in Europe, nonetheless. Thank you very much. But no one knows how he got them. <laughs> <laughs> He's into cooking, gardening, Japanese martial art kendo. He has a sparring partner who owns a Chan. laundry shop in Nor- Norwich called Chan. Uh, and he's right wing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Is he politically correct? Who? Swallow? No chance. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what we've established here is uh, it's kind of Norwich's answer to Morse, really. He's kind of taken the, he's taken the, the regional detective idea and concept yeah. and, and shifted what, what, it to Norwich. I think Alan's taken all of the tropes of your traditional detective and their kind of weird eccentricities and quirks and brought them all up into one. Yes. And would, it, he's gone too far with it. Would yes. you also say that Swallow is, is sort of a figure that Alan would like to be? Apart, yeah, probably apart, apart from, from the bulimia. bulimia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And maybe yeah, losing I two mean, fingers on his hand. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe Alan thinks that's quite cool. Yeah, maybe. Know. But uh, yeah, I think, I mean, as we know, Alan has a fan of samurai swords in his house. So yeah. that's what made me yeah. think, you know, he's sort of, he's transplanting a lot of his yeah. own uh, interests onto Swallow. Yep, indeed. Uh, Swallow, he's kind of, um, when he's kind of referencing his old school views, he's also aware that disproportionately high amounts of crime are committed by the unemployed and <laughs> asylum seekers. <laughs> so I think that's further evidence that he's kind of implanting his own views on he's Swallow. He's projecting, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. He's projecting. It's okay for Swallow to say it, but not for Alan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not okay for anyone to yeah. say. The pilot episode of Swallow is action-packed. Alan goes into lots of detail about what happens. I'd argue that there's probably too much that happens in the first episode of Swallow in the pilot. He's trying <laughs> to cram too much in. So obviously, like I said, Alan goes into a list of all the things that happen in the pilot episode. I've taken these and I've turned it into a little game for this section. So this is the quiz element of my uh, my section of the book. Join me as we play Swallow or Swallow. <laughs> Amazing. So basically, what, I, what I've done is, Adam, no looking at my screen, please. Okay. What I've done here is I've taken the things that Alan describes in the book. So books down, please, Nick. And I've added in some fictional I'll close ones. My laptop yeah, as well. And some, I've added in some fictional things that happen as well. And I need you to tell me whether they happen in the pilot episode of Swallow or they don't happen in the pilot episode of Swallow. So Swallow or Swallow? That's how I want you to answer the questions. <laughs> right. Do we need a bell for this? Yes. Come on. Pass the bell. And uh, are we answering as a group? group yeah, group, 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 group consensus. Uh, yeah, group consensus. Swallow for yes or swallow for no. He blows the lid on a drug racket who are smuggling drugs hidden up the bums of elephants. Swallow. Swallow. I swallow. Think. Yeah. It is swallow. Yes. <laughs> it is swallow. He exposes corporate financial irregularities at a local spa when his contactless bank card incorrectly charges him for a large box of tampons. Swole no. Swole no. I like it, but I think it's swole no. It is swole no. Yeah. <laughs> so you came up with I that. I came up with that. Oh, yes. very, good. <laughs> very good. He arrests a gang of local kids for spray painting larger tits on the actual tits on a poster of Delia Smith's latest cookbook. Ooh, it's very good either way. I think it's swole, swole no. Swole no. Swole no. It is swole no. Yeah. That is a Tom Stab creation. I am realising, though, I cannot remember anything from the no. actual chapter. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling. He suddenly realises there are no black people in Norwich. Have they been spirited away, or were they never there? It's Swallow. Swallow. That is Swallow. It is yeah. Swallow, yes. He wages war against the travelling community, who almost never have the correct documentation for their vehicles. Swallow. It is Swallow. Swallow, yes. He brings down an illegal gambling ring by beating the gang leader at a game of Snap. 
Swalno. Swalno. That is Swalno, yes. <laughs> Very good, <laughs> The last one. He is assigned a sidekick, and they have to come together to find out who's been fly-tipping in a residential area. Ooh, I'm really unsure about There's that. There's definitely something about fly-tipping. I'm just not sure if it's worded like that, but there is something about flying. Sure. I think it might be Swallow. I was veering towards Swallow. Towards swallow. Okay, group consensus. Swallow? We'll say Swallow. Two, three. It's Swallow. Yes. yes. Full marks. Well done, everyone. That was excellent, Tom. And that Lovely concludes quizzing. Swallow or Swallow. <laughs> Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, <laughs> Alan ends the chapter by saying, the rights to swallow are still available. So question to the group. Incredibly. <laughs> Incredibly. <laughs> would you commission this and would you watch it? Uh, watch, yes. yes, commission, no. <laughs> I would not want to be financially responsible for this. Yeah, it's a good point. I don't think it actually sounds that bad. I think it's quite no. interesting. He's got it's really quite a detailed character is, profile yeah, yeah. as well. He hasn't yeah. just gone, oh, it's a detective, actually. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's built up the character. There's, there's layers to him. Alan, bring your ideas to me. I'll commission him. <laughs> That's everything I've got on Swallow. Then, has anybody got anything else to add? No, I think we should move on to chapter 24. Let's do it. A chapter that's entirely missing from the audiobook, am I right? Yes, controversially. This is chapter 24, Other Better TV Work, which is in the book, but not in the audiobook. So that means I'll have no knowledge of it because I haven't read the book. I only listened <laughs> to the audiobook. Right, Jed, just It'll turn be a voyage off of discovery Nick's for you. Yeah, Thank yeah. You very much. Yep, Nick yep, can yep. leave for a bit That's now. just a rule generally, isn't it? Um, um, so I guess we should probably wildly speculate why this chapter is in the book and not in the audiobook. But to be honest, I have no idea why, why they would do that, whether mm. it's just a time constraint thing. Full audiobook clocks in at just under seven hours doesn't right. it right yeah so maybe they just thought they'd jettison a chapter to keep it under that but maybe I think that maybe. really matters and it's not like it's a bad chapter either i thought it was quite a good chapter because it pulls together quite a few bits of the mm. kind of mm. alan timeline and a lot of the kind of his what he's been doing in those intervening that is years really strange then that it wouldn't be in there that mm. seems like a really there must be a reason but it 
I, I can't think. <laughs> I wonder if there's either. something vaguely litigious in the chapter or something maybe. like that. Or maybe. Or the, the, the other thing that I think of is that these books were released on CD, so maybe it was a like they needed, like you said, keep the keep the running time down to be able to fit onto two uh, CDs. It would have meant a whole extra disc production cost. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I would have thought Still artistic seems... integrity would mean you, yeah. you would just have that extra disc. Maybe. Yeah. Well, this might be one we have to throw out to the monkey tennis audience. If you think you know uh, why there's a chapter in the uh, in the printed book that's not in the audio book, the partridgepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, and also, it's probably worth pointing out there there is uh, no mandatory listening, no mandatory music for this chapter. You read this in silence. Yes. Um, so Alan kind of opens this uh, this chapter by stating that a majority of TV is actually unwanted. Um, <laughs> he, Very I, true. I kind of go with that. <laughs> there's, a, yeah. there's a quote here. Do you honestly think anyone ever wanted to watch Going for Gold with Henry Kelly or set the video for World in Action? <laughs> <laughs> the same cannot be said for corporate marketing or public information videos. And uh, <laughs> so basically Alan says that the money is brilliant and that's why he does them. So uh, between 96 and 98, Alan became indispensable in this special strand. Um, so yeah, this is basically him kind of going into detail about his uh, his corporate video work. Yeah, and I, I thought it was interesting before we, uh, before we delve into that world. Uh, at the beginning of the chapter, Alan is actually very dismissive of the TV viewing audience. Mm. So... Is that just because at this point he's not on telly, so he's decided he doesn't care? Yes. Because <laughs> he says yeah. audiences, audiences sit there stuffing Doritos into their fat mouths, passively allowing television programs to wash over them with the odd dribble drab landing in their eyes and ears. <laughs> and it, we also know that he's got a disdain for the general public and basically had yeah. to harden himself to uh, ignore yeah. even compliments from yeah, members true. of the public. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and between 96 and 98, Alan says that he does 60 corporate videos for everything from potato-based food products to Latvia. Um, <laughs> he also references being cow bombed by APF's anti partridge farmers. He oh, also yeah, he says shot. that he learned plenty, including the fact that you must smile when you say the name of the product, even if it's for a, ge- a genito urinary complaint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I obviously just really love the phrase cow bombed. Um, so obviously, that's a reference to uh, I'm Alan Partridge when uh, some, some anti partridge farmers uh, take up upset- ta- <laughs> Take exception to something that Alan said on the radio and drop a dead cow on him while he's filming a corporate video. Um, there's a little footnote in iPartridge that I'd like to read out verbatim uh, that goes into a bit more detail. He says, The previous week I got myself caught up in a row with local f- with the local farming community over some comments I may or may not have made. <laughs> he, <laughs> he did. I did make them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About intensive farming techniques. For the record, I'd like to say once again that these comments were made in the heat of the moment and that I fully and categorically retract many of them. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, the issues of slander aside, it made for some scintillating radio. So well, that's true. Yeah, that's Can't very true. That. That's very true. Uh, yeah, so Alan is obviously saying that he's apologising for some of the comments that he made, but not all of them. Yeah, I think what I really like about this chapter is the way that, like I was saying, it fills in the gaps uh, in everything that's happening in I'm Alan Partridge series two. So his TV career is off the rails Mm -hmm. and he's making money by doing all these corporate things like Crash Bang Wallop and everything that that we get into. But I really like the fact that we're getting his perspective on those things that we didn't necessarily see in that actual series as well. I can give you some perspective on, on that right now. because well, he, do, yeah. he does talk about Crash Bang Wallop. Um, what so, a video. <laughs> so Alan says that uh, the show, his idea for the show's USP was to actually show the fatalities. <laughs> <laughs> this was, of course, overruled, uh, but the compromise is that they recreate the crashes using te- uh, crash test dummies, and he says that he hasn't laughed so much in years. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> bloody loves it. It says here that he tried to get one with a crash test dog. Yeah, but, but they don't, <laughs> make, they but they don't, don't make them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and also um, around this time, I, Alan has got, uh, he's got massive, he's got chubbed up. Yeah. And I didn't realise as well just quite how much he loves the um, kind of crash tests. Uh, it says that he would slow down um, when he sees 
uh, crashes on the side of roads to grab a few snaps on his camera phone. Oh. Like, he also said that he's chubbed up to the extent that he's disabled the driver's side airbag on his Rover because it's simply not needed. <laughs> <laughs> he refers to it as his newfound bigness. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I did like a turn of phrase slightly earlier in chapter with the being cow bombed as it was. Uh, he describes that uh, the cow landing on him as being trapped under what was essentially a vast leather jacket. <laughs> uh, and but yeah, moving back to Crash Bang Wallop, uh, he does detail about that he started following people home from company Christmas parties, hoping that he could get footage for this. He'd do the tailgating, and Lynn would hang out of the window with a camcorder. Brilliant, <laughs> like a sort of low-budget Norfolk version of the film Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's worth mentioning, as we've just discussed, Alan is chubbed up at this point. He's got newfound bigness. There is a great picture in the pitch section of the book where he's got the fat suit on, and pulling a bit of a ridiculous pose. Perhaps we should uh, post up because I hadn't seen it before. Uh, it's the I've only seen it in the book basically. Then Alan kind of switches tacks and talks about how he's always kind of adored words and he says that in his house growing up the partridge paper of choice was the daily express but then one day things suddenly changed when he became a man with his own thoughts and opinions and his own pubes he knew he needed pubes something again. Pubes again. <laughs> he knew he needed something radically different so rushed out and bought the daily mail <laughs> uh, radically different. awful and then he goes on to talk about how much he loves uh, richard little john he doesn't just fire from the hip he bazookas from it uh, on his uh, with his views on immigrants traveling tinkers and especially homosexuals there's the homosexuals again alan and Alan thinks his pieces are so good that he would rip them out and laminate them, <laughs> yeah. uh, keeping them in his downstairs loo, a simple wipe-clean tribute to one of the most progressive thinkers in the United Kingdom. <laughs> I've just made a little bit of a note that there's a, a big section about uh, learning to drive in a story about June Whitfield, which I don't think is actually very good, and I could, I've got a note here. I can kind of see why it was cut from the audio. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe, yeah. And then he does kind of talk about uh, the wet t-shirt competition, uh, the yeah. wet t-shirt video, sorry, with Meteor. Um, he doesn't uh, actually mention Meteor, but he just talks about that he did some work for a company yeah, that wet t-shirt. He says comp- some of their other business interests were not a good match with brand Partridge, yeah. uh, the prime example being wet t-shirt contests, becoming quietly aroused as you watch a couple of young tits slowly reveal themselves <laughs> through a piss wet t-shirt. Yep. Alan's words, not mine. Yep. He says that's not acceptable now and that modern women are, quote, very different beasts. <laughs> But he does spe- specify that I use the word beast in the most complimentary possible sense. Yep. You've still used it though, Alan, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then he kind of ends the chapter with uh, kind of going back on himself there uh, in one way. He kind of, uh, I'll, re- I'll read it out. One can hardly imagine a quintessentially 21st century lady like Carol Vorderman allowing her lady breasts to become sodden solely for the, the amusement of the nation's sell-through video buying public. Not that it wouldn't be a pleasant sight. The last thing I want to do is cause Mrs. Vorderman any offence. I've absolutely no doubt that her chest is every bit as impressive and accurate as her maths. How can a, how can a chest be accurate? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is like in uh, Scissor Isle when he, dis- he says, like Carol, the warehouse was becoming increasingly cold and unloving. How can a warehouse be loving? <laughs> <laughs> Very no good sense, man. Uh, those are all the notes I have on this chapter. Anybody got anything to add? Uh, uh, no, I think we should no. march on skirmish. Marching on skirmish. Good link there. Chapter 25. Uh, Nikki A, what are the music choices for this section? They are for marching on skirmish. Filling for time again. Thank you. Fate of Grey by Visage. Oh, big tune. I don't know that one either. Don't know that. Go hum it along and I'll see if I know oh, it. Jed has oh. just used the word. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fate of Grey. <laughs> but a little bit. I, I vaguely recognise yeah. it. Yeah. It's good. Uh, I mean, listen to it on our playlist. Yeah. Tom, where can we find the playlist? Uh, We've put it on Spotify. We've put a link to it on our socials somewhere across the previous few weeks. Yep. So if you, like Nick, don't know what that song is, you can (laughs) listen to it on our playlist. (laughs) 
A hush descended over the studio. I took a breath and spoke. You have two phosphorus bombs, a confiscated IED, two fin-stabilised mortars and a German MG3 machine gun with a full magazine. The target is, is a missile silo. What are you opting to play with? Phosphorus bomb, please. I can tell you that the silo is adjacent to a hospital. Play or rearm? Play. He's gone for play, which means this is a high-risk question. Your topic is American sitcoms. Get this wrong and you wipe out the hospital and are back down to £100. Get it right and the dishwasher is yours. <laughs> wow, the drama. <laughs> the dishwasher is yours is an amazing payoff. <laughs> so as you may or may not know, those are details about Skirmish on UK Con- Conquest, Alan's uh, military-based quiz show. Uh, we get some more details on that. 208 well, episodes were broadcast and, and they're available on DVD. DVD. Yeah. Uh, uh, Presumably so, as a box set. The, oh, you can't the get com- on one DVD. <laughs> the complete skirmish. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, players vie to complete fictional or historical military uh, operations with the fewest casualties, uh, answering general knowledge questions to gain territorial advantage, toss up gung-ho points, or accrue weaponry. Um, it doesn't actually sound that bad. It sounds it sounds quite good. good. Yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah. like a lot of the kind of tactical board games that people yeah. are getting into now that sort of go on for days. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was some kind of one-off TV show on the BBC a few years back where... It was a bit like this that I think it was almost like a fictional terrorist situation and they had to <laughs> respo- respond accordingly in terms of like how they would action emergency services and mm. stuff. And it sounds a bit like this. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, Alan goes into detail and says that uh, it achieved 2% of the regional digital available audience. Can anyone remember how many people that equates to? 8,000. Correct. 8,000 people. Uh a few more than actually I would have thought for this kind of thing on UK Conquest. <laughs> but that is super low as well. Yeah, Surely you're not, bre- you're, yeah. you're not making money And I, I suspect timeline-wise, this is back when you had uh, digital channels or freeview channels in the kind of in the tens rather than the hundreds. Yeah. yeah, it's a shame there's no footage of Skirmish and it was never actually filmed because Alan's grown a beard. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, which uh, I, I'd not love in to the see picture Alan section Pilgrim. though, is it? No. Which is a real shame. Yeah, it's a shame that there was no actual, you know, there was no actual filming. Although of, I, I don't of know if I would want to see a particular episode where Alan says the tension on celebrity skirmish was such that Yvette Fielding soiled herself. <laughs> <laughs> it was that tense. Yep. Uh, so Alan's beard, uh, he does shave it off when Bill Oddie has a tantrum when he hears he's growing one and sends him a very curt letter. <laughs> so the uh, the tensions between Bill Oddie and, Al- and Alan are are there. So the implication there is that Bill Oddie believes that only one of them should have a beard at any given time. Exactly, and Oddie yes. got there first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've just done a very quick Google search under Alan Partridge beard, and uh, <laughs> half of the pictures that come up are just Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can actually, there was a li- there's a live DVD. Steve Coogan is Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge presents the cream of British comedy, and it is Alan with a beard. Oh, oh wow! Huh. And he looks a bit holding a sort awful. of can of cream, saying, "Well, it's cream the cream of, of British, British comedy. comedy." Can we get that picture on the socials? Yeah, so let's what do is it. that? It's the cream of British comedy. <laughs> um, it was that a, answers my question. Actually, yeah, I think it was uh, an event for the Teenage Cancer and Alan was actually the compare for a night of comedy. Worth also noting that Alan uses a beard trimmer that's recommended on Eric Clapton's website because <laughs> that's a thing. Good to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Alan goes into some detail about uh, his meeting with Matt and Mario from AAA Productions. Uh, apparently ITV were keen on Skirmish uh, and then Alan uh, gives us details on something that I would have loved to have seen. Uh, part, of, part of the marketing material from AAA includes a photoshopped image of Alan as Rambo, uh, armed to the nines with high-grade weaponry uh, and question cards. <laughs> Amazing. If anyone out there could do that Photoshop, that would yeah. be brilliant. Yeah. Uh, specifically and tastelessly, uh, they superimposed <laughs> they superimposed it over the actual screenshot of him shooting Forbes McAllister <laughs> on No Me, No You. Yeah. Uh, included a speech bubble of Forbes saying, be careful with that. Uh, <laughs> Alan, obviously... We, we, sorry, do we think ITV were genuinely interested? No, in no, not, no. At <laughs> not at all. Thought we'd clear that up. Alan, I also think, sorry, Alan probably 
probably mocked up the marketing material uh, <laughs> on, on ITV's behalf, and he probably thinks that they prompted it. He probably sent them a fax and said, "I'm thinking of doing this for your commission. Yeah. Please uh, reply if you're not interested." And they yeah. didn't reply. Yeah. One really nice detail, detail that I like in the book here is when he says, uh, uh, it le- "I leave the meeting laughing my head off," and then there's a little footnote at the bottom, and it says, "A fit of giggles that only stopped on my drive home when I realised I was also crying." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Susie Dent um, <laughs> co-hosts the uh, the initial uh, first episode of Skirmish, but she quits after one show because yep. she has not had she the format properly. It, she? No, she hasn't had the format properly explained <laughs> to her. <laughs> Turns out she doesn't want to be on an atrocity-based quiz show. Yep, and Lisa Lanson takes over. Now, obviously, we know that's Lisa... I Anson. Oh, is that the audiobook pronunciation? Yeah, yeah Lisa yeah. Lanson. Right. Yeah. And he spelled, <laughs> it in, he spelled it in the book with an L rather than a capital I as well. It's it's Lisa Ryanson, but he's put Lisa yep. Lanson. And on Alan's insistence, they're making three shows a day, six days a week. Uh, and as Alan says, this proves to be his undoing. That so th- yeah, we're uh, w- there's some a dark foreshadowing of what's to come. <laughs> so that's yeah. uh, those are all the notes that I have on this chapter. I'll throw it over to you guys if there's anything else to add. Well, all I was going to say is there's two words in this chapter that I didn't expect to see, and that is dog's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> to give that some context. Uh, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> context. Uh, it's new satellite channel UK Conquest was sniffing around like a randy dog who's picked up the musky excellence of another dog's <laughs> vagina. Wow. Um, also worth mentioning that the uh, the channel's ethos, and I presume their tagline was, guns, girls, guys, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's men and motors, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, or like, was it Bravo or something? Is that another it's, one? It's that's yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I also wondered if the fact that he insists that they're doing three shows a day, six days a week is uh, in fitting with the thing we talked about before where he considers the quantity of broadcasting yeah. to mm, be the measure quality. of how well he's doing. Yeah, yeah. very good point. Uh, the only other thing I thought was worth mentioning, I really enjoyed when he talks about um, AAA Productions telegraphing the fact they weren't even based in the building but were a back bedroom operation masquerading as a properly established company. And that's exactly how Apache Productions <laughs> operates, yeah. particularly when he has the meeting with Dante's Fires. And exactly. arguably, that's even more advanced as a company than Pear Tree Productions was when he first pitched it and it didn't exist yep, at yes. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all very good points. So yeah, that wraps, that wraps up my section. Okay, there yeah. we go. That's the end of chapter 25 of iPartridge. Uh, next week, we're going to be moving on to My Drink and Drugs Heck and Beyond, rattling Ooh. towards the end of the book. Can't wait. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email thepartridgepod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at thepartridgepod, facebook.com slash thepartridgepod, and Instagram at monkeytennispod. Uh, that's pretty much it from us then. We will see you next week for some Drink and Drugs Heck. From all of us at Monkey Tennis, Thank you and goodbye. See you. Bye. Monkey tennis? Smelly Alan Fartridge. Linton Travel Tavern seemed an obvious choice. Monkey tennis? At the BBC of all places. Be real. Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. Monkey tennis? I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey tennis? It will be called... Alan's show, I decided, and would be absolutely ace. Monkey tennis? But needless to say, I had the last laugh. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.